This is the Content Creatives Podcast. Our mission is to inspire creatives to discover, grow, and own their brand. So today we are going to be discussing media kits and what things to include on your media kit. So if you have never heard of a media kit before or you are looking to revamp your media kit, this episode is for you. But before we get started, let's do our question of the day. Which is, what are you celebrating this summer? Do you want to go? You can go first. Okay. Um, I think for, well, a few things. I feel like now that we're vaccinated, it's going to be nice to like explore a little bit more again. Um, I like, I'm excited to see my family that I haven't seen in a super long time, but I think I'm most excited for like, well, I think, yeah, like my big trip to Ireland to see everyone. So hopefully that ends up working out because I would really love to see them. It's been so long. It's going to be great. Woohoo! Um, I think for me, also just celebrating, like seeing friends and family. It's just so different from last summer, right? Where we really weren't seeing our extended friends and no. family. Um, one of our friend groups, um, and we've all kind of moved out of the city now right like there's some of us in seattle some of us who moved south some of people who moved um like east of seattle they are actually planning a like friends getaway weekend one of my friends i think i told you about him um his family has like five guest houses on Mm -hmm. their property and so um they they have like this super beautiful guest home um which i actually would be like oh my god i would literally like live here like die (laughs) they're hosting a full friends weekend um in july and so i'm really excited about that we literally have not hung out with this friend group set like with everybody um since the pandemic like from last year so it'll be really fun that's gonna be so much fun I feel like yeah this summer it's gonna be really nice to just connect with people because it's been so long you guys I know (laughs) all right so you guys will have to let us know if you are celebrating anything fun this summer on our podcast Facebook group or on Instagram and before we dive in to the eight things you need to include in your media kit let's first answer what is a media kit so a media kit is essentially a resume for your blog, Instagram, TikTok, and your online presence. Your photo, contact information, and what your blog or social media is all about should all go on your media kit. You can also share your media kit to brands, public relation firms, influencer agencies, and other organizations, what services you offer to them because this could also be listed on your media kit. A media kit can range from one to two pages to three media kits that are 10 pages long yeah I've seen long guys and I'm just like wow I don't know I mean it's all about what your objective is on Mm -hmm. like what you're pitching and what your niche is about but personally I've always kept it to one to two pages yeah but yeah so that's just a high level what your media kit is and again there's no right number of pages but personally Again, we kind of recommend that one to two page maybe three pages maybe if you want to include some case study but Again, just take a step back and think about like what is most critical to show brands and agencies and other people in the industry what your brand is about. So why do you need a media kit? Um, I think when you're first starting out, you're first just like, wait, what the heck is a media kit? Like, what do you mean? And why do you even need this? And so we did want to quickly answer this before we dive into what to include. So if your goal as a content creator, as an influencer, even as a small business, you guys, um, I've seen small businesses, even with just like their creative brand brief on like what their brand is about, 
if your goal is to work with other people in the industry, to work with brands or pitch to publications, you absolutely need a media kit. A media kit shows people that you're serious about your content creation career, your influencer career, your blog, your TikTok, whatever that social channel is. And a media kit sums up the value you can bring to brands in a succinct way. And I always want to say, you guys, the best predictor of past behavior is future behavior. And brands and publications want to see that you are in the business of creating content for whatever your niche is. And they just want to know you're serious about what you do. Yeah. And having that media kit is a really great kind of example, like similar to like a case study, like just having that information on hand just shows like what you've accomplished in the past. And I actually will add on to something that you said earlier too about like the length and stuff of it. If you are going to go longer, you guys like make sure that there's a purpose and we'll kind of cover everything that we think that you can include, but like don't fill a bunch of pages just for the sake of filling pages. Like make sure that everything that's included is purposeful and like in adds value but isn't like too confusing and we'll go over obviously the eight things that we think that you can include in your media kit um but just don't overcrowd it because i think that's the biggest mistake if you are making a longer media kit just putting so much information in there that at the end of the day it's not even readable because like i actually i don't know if you've seen my media kit i have a three-page media kit i'll have to see it Mm -hmm. but the the third page is just a like it's not any more information it's like a it basically just is like a thank you note like that takes up the majority of the page and is just like hey like thanks so much for reaching out I'm really excited about this collaboration at the end of the day like I just want this collaboration to be as successful for you as it is for me or me as it is for you and um want to make sure that this partnership is really strong and successful so just reach out to me with any questions kind of like a little note like that so it's not like, it's not like more information about, yeah. yeah. And I will say, you guys, like if you think about recruiters and people hiring people for jobs, I mean, again, if your goal is to work with brands, right? Brands and agencies cast influencers for campaigns. So casting is just another word for hiring, bringing them on to a brand campaign. And recruiters typically, I think the study is, they stop reading halfway down the page. So that's why it's so important to be purposeful, mindful, aware of like what you're including, especially on that first page. And so we'll definitely get into the details, but that was just one thing I wanted to add. Yeah, I think that's super important. And then just kind of going more into like the background of a media kit and what you do with it. So if a brand reaches out to you for a collaboration, essentially you'll normally attach your media kit to an email to show them your total audience size, the type of content and the value that you could bring to the brand. So if you personally want to pitch a brand for a collaboration. You can also attach your media kit. We've also seen some people say to not attach your media kit in the first pitch email, but we've also seen people attach it. My personal opinion is I feel like, I mean, I I think it depends on like, we'll go into a few different things that you include. I think you can or can't. I don't think it makes a huge difference, but I will say one kind of administrative thing is that spam filters are getting a lot more proficient, you guys. And like, Weirdly enough, if you have an attachment or if you have a link, like a hyperlink in your email, 
it is more likely to be flagged as spam. So as a precaution, you might not want to include that in your first email because then it might get flagged as spam and the brand might not even see it. That's just like an administrative thing. I think there's pros and cons to sending it in the first email versus the second email or not sending it at all until it's requested. But I would say administratively, you do run into the potential for it to fail. And then our tip is to try both, basically just to see what kind of response you get by attaching or not attaching it. Again, pros and cons to both. And really just depending on your niche, that might like factor into how effective it is for you. So we are now going to dive into the eight things that you should include in your media kit. And honestly, you guys, you pick and choose what to include in your media kit. Your media kit is a representation of you, who you are as a creator, your past work. Some people include their rates, some don't. Some people include brands they've worked with before in their media kit, others don't. Um, We are just including this list for what we believe you must have and then also optional sections that you could potentially include in your media kit. Again, everyone's media kit is different. Every niche has a different media kit and every brand has different things that they're looking for in a media kit. So there's no right answer, but there are some things that we absolutely think you should include. Number one being a professional photo of you. So whether you use an iPhone photo or professional photo, make sure it is well lit and your face can be clearly seen. Y'all like, this can easily just be one of your Instagram photos that you've taken to kind of show an example of your work and like what you like create, but you know, make sure that you're visible in there, especially if you're in like a niche where maybe your face isn't as visible on like your page where it's like you're a plant Instagram, you know, having like that connection I think is really important so that they like know who you are and they know who they're talking to. I was just about to say that there are some creators who are pitching brands just to create content for brand pages and not even to post on their Instagram accounts. Um, Like they're specific like beauty and makeup content creators who shoot flat lays and product photos. And even if that is your primary type of content you create, please still include a headshot because people connect with other people and people, especially brands, want to know the person behind those photos. And I think having that is super helpful for them to see and just adds that next level of personal connection. The next piece of information that you should include and is definitely, I would for sure include this, is your logo and your contact info. So if you have a logo for your blog, make sure that it's on your media kit. If you don't have one, then you don't need to have it on there. But at least I think have it your out. name yes like yeah like if especially if it's if you're an influencer and like you're promoting maybe not your blog but just your Instagram I would still even have like your username like something on there that kind of calls out who you are as a brand even if you don't have an official logo I think is really important and then your contact information like your email address is really important to have on there as well because media kits can get passed around an organization and people may get your hand their hands on your media kit but no not know who you are or haven't seen you on social media and don't know how to get in contact with you. So having all that information makes it a lot easier for them to reach out to you directly, but also just in case it gets passed on to somebody else, they'll have your information to reach out if they want to collab with you. And one thing to remember, you guys, especially if you're working with influencer agencies or PR companies or even like in-house brand marketing teams, people move around in the industry and some people will keep 
media kits. And even if they've moved on to a different brand and they're looking to source or cast influencers for campaigns, they might refer back to those media kits, right? And if they've and and your contact information, if it's there, you just make it that easier, like one step easier for them to reach out to you. So number three, to include in your media kit, um, this is one thing we highly recommend adding in there is an about me section. Your media kit is an opportunity to formally introduce yourself to brands, PR agencies, or writers, or your pitching. So your about me section on your media kit should include your name, your location, city or state, your mission statement for your blog, your YouTube, your TikTok, whatever that may be, a few sentences describing who you are and what you do. And if there's anything else that's important about who you are and what your brand stands for, you can definitely include this in here. Really quick tip, you guys, if there is, if you're, especially if you're like a lifestyle content creator, which Maddie and I both do fall in like lifestyle categories, If there's anything that you're passionate about or you would be open creating content for partnering in industry, call it out, you guys. I am not a foodie, but by nature, I mean, I am. And I call out in my media kit that I would be if I literally was not fashion or lifestyle, I would be a foodie. And I tend to land a lot of food campaigns because I call that out. And and it's true. I mean, Maddie knows how much I love food. (laughs) I know I need to work on that. I need to try it. You've helped me try a lot of new things. I was going to say there's been a lot. There's been a lot. Well, and it is so important to have that in there, too, because just like, you know, having like your mission statement in your bio, like y'all, I I said y'all a lot today and I don't normally say y'all. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, y'all, I have noticed just by having everything in my Instagram bio with things that I even like love that do relate to my mission statement, like self-care advocate, literally having that in there since I changed my bio and updated it to include that as part of because I updated my mission statement and it's something that I'm really passionate about having that in my like in there in my media kit. I have literally had brands reach out to me specifically for campaigns with messaging revolving around self-care and I have noticed an uptick in it because they know that's something that I'm really passionate about and they know that it's something that I frequently share with my audience. So having that in there, like especially if it's a PR company reaching out, if it's in your media kit and they can see that and go back and refer to it for future campaigns, they can say, oh, this person really enjoys food and like typically shares that with their audience, even if it's not like necessarily like their quote unquote niche, like this person really loves talking about self-care with their audience. So this product would be a really great fit to pitch them for. Things like that, having it in your media kit is so important. All right, you guys. So number four is to include social media and blog stats. We also want to say that this is highly recommended, almost a requirement. I mean, I, I it is a requirement for me. So in your social media and blog stats, I actually recommend also including all your social media channels, even if you don't have like a bigger following or you're not as engaged. So here, like for example, right, like Maddie and I both have Twitter. We don't advertise that we (laughs) tweet all the time. You know what I'm saying? But like that is a channel that we include in our media kits. We also include Pinterest. We include TikTok, right? And so I would say like for me personally, Instagram and my blog are my main channels online, but I include everything, right? And like why that's important is because some brands want multi-platform campaigns some brands will literally literally cast you for a campaign just because you have an instagram and a tiktok or instagram and twitter right 
again, going back to what influencers can do for brands, influencers can create multiple touch points across multiple platforms. And if you're able to do that, then show it on your media kit, list that out, put your Instagram handle, your Twitter handle, whatever other handles you are, um, you have and are active on. So for some stats, here's what you can include for Instagram. If you're looking to add stats to your media kit, add your number of followers, your engagement rate, reach or impressions, um, either by seven day or 30 day period. And where to get this data, you guys, just go to Instagram analytics and you'll be able to see that snapshot. For blog stats, I recommend including number of unique sessions or page views per month and also the number of unique visitors per month. And where to get this data is just Google Analytics. So if you have linked your blog up into Google Analytics, I did this so long ago, you guys, I cannot remember. Please Google it. If you have WordPress, you can link it up on Google Analytics. Um, And I'm sure there's great videos out there to help you link that up and so you can see your stats. And so... Yeah, if you are not sure like how to include your high level total audience size, I also recommend like hooking up your profiles, your Instagram to four, F-O-H-R. This is the only reason I use four. I do not use it for campaigns, but I do use it just to see total reach um, and also breakdown of my engagement rate. So yeah, that's what I recommend. Four is an amazing resource, too, because they actually create like you can have the option to download the media kit that they create for you. Like there are so many like different data points on there that are really valuable. And they also pull out things that Instagram analytics does not like they literally will call out like what your audience is interested in. And that can be a really great thing for personal audits to kind of figure out like what like what your followers are looking at, like the things that they're really interested in and the things that they're doing. So I would also just highly recommend that just for audit purposes, like Mm -hmm. for your own reasoning. Another thing that you can include is your rates. So I think this one's like a pretty optional well it's also very like contested i feel like. oh yeah 100 percent. well we had to, we needed to talk about it well yeah. so people are so conflicted over this because i've like talked to people that are like you absolutely must include your rates like without exception you absolutely must include your rates and then there's people that are like i would absolutely not at all include your rates because you want to negotiate and like it's for Yeah, I think there's definitely pros and cons to both, but we wanted to include this just so that you know that people do include your rate. I include my rates on my media kit. I don't. That's so funny. Well, see, you guys, that's a real life example. Yeah, and I think like it really is just dependent on like a few different things. Like most sites like discussing what you should put in your media kit do say to put rates. And in the past, Emma's included rates. I have it on right now. And I mean, I think the reasoning for not having it right is because you could price every campaign a little differently just depending on exclusivity, usage, the timeline. You absolutely get to choose if you want to include rates. You can include how much an Instagram or Instagram story collaboration as well as how much you would charge for a full blog collaboration with social media channels if you do include your rates. I personally have three different packages on there, but I kind of outline it to say these are my baseline rates. Like this is where negotiations start so that there's not really a ton of time wasted with brands that don't have budget and aren't really willing to give that information. So then I can just say, listen, these are my baseline rates and like we go up from here. But this is kind of where I'm at, like where I'm starting so that I can just kind of you know, like when negotiating with Regan, my manager, like it really just helps kind of level set to see if we're really on the same page budget wise. And then also 
in that thank you note that I mentioned that I include at the end, I say, want this to be as successful for both of us. Like, and every collaboration is unique and different. So we can absolutely discuss what pricing would look like to meet the needs of this campaign. Everything varies. Let's have a discussion about it. For me, it's really just, I use my media kit as like kind of a probe to see if it's going to match up. Yeah. That's such a great tip though, that you disclose like, this is just baseline rates. This is not final. And so that's a great tip. You guys, if you choose to put your rates on there, don't, you can put a line in there that just says, Hey, these are rates starting out. Rates will be adjusted um, during negotiations when we factor in number of deliverables, exclusivity usage in the timeline. Yeah. And brands have been really amicable to that. Like I don't even like I haven't had any brand like come back and be like, well, in your media kit, it says this because that's always a point of discussion. Like I always put in there like, hey, listen, this is where we're starting. And I think brands have been really understanding of that. So I actually really like that to use that as a tool. So it's really just a preference thing. You guys take a look at what makes the most sense for you. Maybe even do what we suggested earlier and just trial and error and see like, you know, try doing it for like having it on there for a month, try without it. Another optional thing for you to include is audience demographics. So again, most websites advise that you should include audience demographics in your media kit. And we also advise like including some key audience demographics. Um, Some of the things that you can include biggest age demographic, visiting your website or Instagram, location of audience, audience mix, like male versus female. And you can get that data on Google Analytics, Instagram Analytics. Again, Four has really amazing analytics for this. I will also say some, depending on the niche that you're in, this is also like the reason why we put this as optional because it really like every niche looks for different things. Yeah, And with like for instance, food and Bev, like if you're working with an alcohol brand, a certain percentage of your audience has to be over the age of 25. So they need to know that. So if you're, if you're frequently working with those brands and your audience is over that threshold, I believe it's 75%. That's a good, don't quote me on that. (laughs) I, I believe that's the number. Um, it might be higher than that. Um, but they do need to be above the age of 25. That percentage does need to be above that age. So if you have that, that's useful to include if you're frequently reaching out to food and bev brands because that's something they legally need to know. So like if they're going to work with you. So I think that is also like dependent on your niche and dependent on what makes the most sense for you and if you want to include that or not. And either way, you guys, understanding your audience demographics helps you, one, create better content, and two, when you are negotiating and working with brands, you will understand how you can help that brand. And so for me, literally off the top of my head, my audience is 80% female between the ages of 18 to 35 years old. And depending on the platform, um, my biggest audience size is usually 25 to 35. But again, sometimes like on TikTok, I skew much younger just because there are more young people on TikTok, right, versus Instagram and Facebook where those platforms have matured. Um, And I'm able to tell brands that. And if there are brands who are looking to target women between 18 and 35, I literally meet that. I literally have the target audience. And so um, it's always been very helpful to have some of those audience demographics on my media kit. So number seven, you guys, another thing you can include in your media kit is brands you've worked with before. Again, this is one of those optional things that we have heard 
I would say even through the years, like when I first started getting taking my blog and Instagram really seriously, people were like, you have to include brand logos, you have to include a list of brands. Um, But recently, I've also learned that you could keep logos off, especially if you're pitching a brand, and they you've worked with one of their competitors. And so Again, it could get pretty busy if you have brand logos all over the place. Um, Just test it out. Maybe you can include a handful of brands that you've been really excited about and you've had successful campaigns with. Um, And then you can also test out removing it if you're trying to include more information. Um, Number eight, you guys, another thing that we actually highly recommend including in your media kit, and Maddie has already talked about what she includes in hers, is the services that you offer as a content creator. And so here are a few things you can include in your services section, a blog plus social media campaign or a YouTube and social media campaigns, Instagram only campaigns, Instagram takeovers, giveaways, modeling, YouTube videos, TikTok videos, podcast ads, whatever you are willing to create for brands, put this in your services section. Yeah, because even stuff like photography, like there are so many creators that just work with brands for photography because they like their aesthetic and they want images for their social media. And so they will literally work with them to do product shots, not even have them in it, just like product shots of the product that they can use on their website and other channels. So having that as an option for a brand can be just another way that you bring in money as a creator. So before we wrap up today's podcast episode, we wanted to share how and where you can create your media kit. So if you're looking to create one, we highly recommend using Canva's pre-made layouts. It is so helpful, you guys. Like I I remember the first time I created my media kit, I bought a template off of Etsy, which there's a ton of value in that too, right? Like there's a ton of like really great Etsy creators that have created awesome media kit templates since I purchased mine. Mine was years ago and there were not a lot of options when I was looking. Now I think there's way more. So you might find more flexibility in the ones that you would want and that Etsy might align better. But if you're looking for a free option, Canva literally has pages and pages of templates for free and then also templates that you can buy or are included with your Canva Pro subscription if you have one. So I highly recommend taking a look at those because that's how I create mine and you can always customize it to how you want it. You can customize it to your brand colors. Canva is just a really great free resource for creators for everything, but especially for media kits. They have a lot of really great options. All right. So thank you guys listening for this week's episode. If we haven't connected yet on Instagram, you can find us at the Content Creatives Podcast, at Emma's Edition, and at Mad Cray. Join our email list and our podcast Facebook group. And yeah, join us there. It's a great community. It's super fun, y'all. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.